0: This episode comes with a trigger warning, as we will be discussing sexual assault and rape, which may be sensitive to some listeners. Some content may be triggering revolving around the topic of sexual assault and rape. If this affects you, please call 1-800-RESPECT or Lifeline on 13 11 14.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. On today's episode, we're talking with Chanel Contos, the founder of the webpage Teach Us Consent. We discuss rape culture in the eastern suburbs and the need to educate all young people on consent. You're listening to Coogee Voice.
0: And the reason I started it was because this is a big issue. It's an issue that affected me and my friends growing up. It's an issue that clearly affects almost everyone who's growing up in Australia right now. because you know, our society constantly victim-blames, victims of sexual assault. So it is so inspiring for thousands of people who have come forward, and those people are inspiring others to do so. We, we all know what sex is from a young age. We all get told what the birds and the bees are. We don't, it's, it's obscure, it's a kind of intangible concept. That we know what sex is. We need to know what consent is from that age as well.
1: Chanel, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today?
0: Good, thank you very much. How are you?
1: Good. Now, before we get into this talking about the petition, the premise of this podcast is Coogee Voice, and we always talk about the eastern suburbs. So yourself, you're an eastern suburbs local. You went to school locally. What is it that you love most about the eastern suburbs?
0: Uh, so I'm in London at the moment. So I'm missing the eastern suburbs a lot right now, because first of all, it's insanely beautiful. And I would also say that my favorite thing about it is there's a sense of community there. It's such a small place, but such a big place But everyone knows each other. You can't really leave the house without running into someone, you know, which is sometimes a disaster, but a lot of the time it's really nice. And I like that.
1: But if there was one thing you could change about the eastern suburbs, what would that be?
0: Ah, rape culture.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's get into it then. You started a petition and a testimonial platform for people to come forward. As of this morning, there were more than 24,000 signatories on the petition and more than 1,500 testimonials. Why did you start this?
0: So, also, I'll just add quickly even though the website has 1500 um, testimonials on it, that's only the ones that I've reviewed and decided are okay to put on because I need to check that no perpetrators are named before I do that. I actually have about four and a half thousand, potentially five thousand in my database now, which is insane. And the reason I started it was because this is a big issue. It's an issue that affected me and my friends growing up. It's an issue that clearly affects almost everyone who's growing up in Australia right now. And, you know, the testimony is a testament to that. Like it's an issue that's close to my heart. It's an issue that's affected me, that's affected my friends and I think it's an injustice on the Australian education system that this has happened to us without even knowing that we were sexually assaulted and a lot of people don't even know they were perpetrators of sexual assault because we were so uneducated on the topic. So I decided that there needs to be reform.
1: Looking at the testimonials, the people that are uh, signatories to the petition what are the age demographics of those responding
0: there is such a large variety of age demographics it's insane they range from students who are in school now to you know people who are in their you know late 60s who experienced this decades ago and What was interesting was actually I got some website statistics. So I'm not entirely sure on the actual signatures, but in terms of viewers of the website, it is 50% 25 to 45 year olds. So it's it's more people who are like, probably have children or had recently experienced this or just out of school, rather than students who are still in school, although they still do make up a lot of the website traffic. Um, And also it was 51% men um, viewing my website and 49% women. And seeing as I've gotten tens of thousands of views. I think that's pretty interesting.
1: I think it's interesting and it's also poignant in terms of where our discussions around sexual assault and consent are actually happening at the moment. I personally know a number of women who have provided testimonials, who have been signatories I've spoken with my nieces who are currently in private schools in the eastern suburbs as well, and they themselves have told me they know at least 20 girls who have provided testimonials. Why is it important that these testimonials around sexual assault are heard?
0: It's important for a few reasons. Something that never really occurred to me because I'm quite open about my sexual assault experience with my friends but the amount of people who have messaged me and said, thank you, that is the first time I put it in words, or like, thank you, that is the first time I've acknowledged it since it happened. It is so important for the victims themselves to get a sense of relief from being able to share this story, which I think is so beautiful. And then secondly, it's important because it shows the magnitude of the issue. It shows that we do live in a rape culture society. It shows that the Rape um, stories that make the headlines are not the only rape stories going on. It shows how underreported everything is. It shows how uneducated everyone is on it, and also it is so important because the more people who come forward, the more people feel empowered to come forward. Because we live in a society where our initial instinct is to think that it's our fault or that we shouldn't tell anyone, or we shouldn't be bothered to tell anyone. Because you know our society constantly victim blames victims of sexual assault. Um, so it is so inspiring the thousands of people who have come forward and those people are inspiring others to do so.
1: We're talking about educating young people around consent and what is sexual assault. Who needs to be educated on this? Is this just men that need to be educated or do women also need to be educated so that they are informed and they know what is happening to them?
0: It 100% needs to be both genders who are educated on this. It is so important and it's also not just school students who need to be educated on it. We need a whole societal mindset shift if we're going to progress with this and get somewhere. Especially if we're going to have single-sex schools, there needs to be a gendered approach to the curriculum. We need to target the things that affect uh, males more than females, such as toxic masculinity, and we need to target the things that affect females more than males, such as slut-shaming. And we need to equip these students with these holistic factors, these forces that come into their environment that then define um, the situation where they need to navigate consent from them because, you know, it's not good enough to just say no means no when you're in a room and some older guy's gotten you drunk and you want to impress him. You're not going to say no and then he's not going to know that he's sexually assaulting you. So do
1: you think that single-sex education is part of the problem?
0: I think that it heightens the problem. I think the problem exists anyway. I think the problem exists in every institution in Australia, in the world, I would go as far to say. It is a problem in public schools. Is it a problem in mixed schools? But I think that private schools... Oh, sorry, it's not necessarily private schools. It's single-sex schools, which in Australia are usually private. Yeah, they just heighten all the factors. All these things I'm saying, the slut-shaming, the toxic masculinity, the victim-blaming. If you're only experience interacting with someone of the opposite sex is on a weekend when you're drunk, it's a recipe for disaster. And also single-sex schools are a strange thing to have in a high-income country, in any other high-income country in the world. Australia has a lot more single-sex schools than any other high-income country in the world, which I think is really interesting.
1: A number of principals of private schools across the eastern suburbs have responded To the petition and to the testimonials, what are your thoughts on their responses so far?
0: Some responses have been really great, and I can see that many schools are taking immediate action. I can see that through people who run consent workshops telling me that you know their phone's been going off the hook recently, which is amazing. But I think in almost every statement I read of schools, there was hints of victim blaming in the narrative. There was hints of defence in the narrative. There was hints of you know, as in, it was almost as if the schools were protecting their reputation. But the whole point is, if you're equating a bad reputation with being some a school that has people who are victims of sexual assault, then you're contributing to rape culture and victim blaming because you're seeing that as a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have been sexually assaulted. It's a bad thing to sexually assault. Sorry, obviously, it's a bad thing to have been sexually assaulted, but it's not a bad thing for your reputation to be sexually assaulted. It's a bad per- thing for a person's reputation if they've committed sexual assault.
1: We've spoken about victim blaming. Now, what are your thoughts on a principal from one of the Sydney girls' schools actually coming out and telling parents to talk to their daughters about risk-taking behaviour and self-respect?
0: Yeah, the self-respect was, uh, <laughs> that was a not-so-good quote. It's. I don't. I think that's victim blaming. I would classify that victim blaming. When I scanned all the statements, that one caught my eye. Um, multiple girls from that school messaged me saying they were not happy with that response. I encouraged them to let their principal know. Um, I met with their prince. I met with a representative that, of that school uh, yesterday. The day before, I'm getting confused with the time zones, and they acknowledged that that wording was inappropriate, and they've definitely heard that message loud and clear. Um I think was that was actually a quote from them, but the thing is, I think it's just representative of how this victim blaming mindset is in our whole society. And it also shows that it's not just students that need to be educated on this, like a lot of people in positions of power and in school institutions and, you know, parents, every, every Australian needs to consider, you know, why they say these things and why they do these things. And yeah, I think that it's telling that the problem is structural. And I think we can use it as an opportunity when a school or someone in a position of power says something that does have, or, you know, the media outlets, I'm not sure if you've been following my Instagram stories, but I've been kind of calling out some media headlines. The narrative should not be women gets raped. The narrative should be someone rapes someone. I'm not surprised by the fact that there's victim blaming in most of the statements coming out of schools, but I hope that they can now reflect on the fact that it's victim-blaming and understand why they think it's a girl's responsibility to avoid getting sexually assaulted and why being, like, not getting drunk is a way to avoid that.
1: A lot of parents listen to Coogee Voice. If there's one piece of advice that you could give parents and caretakers, what would that be?
0: Email your children's school because schools ultimately are institutions. They work off pleasing the client. You are the client. If they think that you're on board with making educational reform in this space, they will do it. I think that you also, as parents, have the responsibility to now understand, you know, it's, it's a hard truth to face, but kids do things younger than we think they do, and it's because they don't, they're not equipped with the tools to be able to say no to situations, so it happens to them younger. Um, have conversations with your kids about consent from early on. You know, someone equated, um, you know, we we all know what sex is from a young age. We all get told what the birds and the bees are. We don't, It's it's obscure. It's a kind of intangible concept, but we know what sex is. We need to know what consent is from that age as well. Consent needs to be ingrained in us from as young as possible. Some someone equated it to learning how to drive a car after having your license for two years. Um, being taught consent when you're 16 is too late. If you're allowed to be sexually active when you're 16 and then that's the first time you hear about consent, it's not good enough. So
1: Chanel, where to from now? How long are you going to keep the petition open for and what are your steps or what are you hoping to achieve with this?
0: So I'm extending this across state borders now into all the states and territories. Um, My Instagram following has expanded. I have followings from every single state and territory in Australia. I am encouraging my following to approach MPs and their schools in all territories and states in Australia. And my next step from here is, um, you know, working with MPs like you and um, other ones who want to support me in taking this to parliament. And I don't want to make this a party on party situation. I want this to be a united front of, you know, whether you're liberal labor greens, whatever you are, see that there needs to be change. Something needs to be done. This is a human rights violation in essence. I think it's really funny. Like, you know, I, I study international development at UCL and constantly looking at girls in low income countries and constantly when you go to a, private school in Sydney's East, you know, you always do fundraisers to empower girls in young countries and you're always doing things to help people on the other side of the world. And it's just, I find it so ironic that the girls right in front of us are not being empowered enough by the system. So where to next is empowering and educating the future of Australia, shifting mindset sets, getting to a stage where it is suddenly more socially acceptable to call out behavior that contributes to sexual assault than it is to allow behaviour that contributes to rape culture and sexual assault, whether that's, you know, someone gets catcalled and you turn around and tell them to shut up or, um, you know, your friend catcalls someone and you tell them that that's not okay, there will eventually be a point where people stop catcalling. And, you know, that's the foundation of rape culture and it's only up from there.
1: Chanel, thank you very much for creating this platform for young women and older women to come forward. Before you go, though, there's three questions we ask all of our guests that come onto Coogee Voice. You have to declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs, the best place to get coffee, and where sells the best hamburgers.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. The best beach in the eastern suburbs, I'm going to say Nelson's Park. Nelson's. The best place to get coffee, my local, is Dover Deli in Rose Bay. And best hamburger going to have to go out of the blue.
1: Good call. Very, very popular. <laughs> if people would like to learn more or submit their own anonymous testimonies, where should they head to?
0: My website is www.teachusconsent.com. And on that website, there's helplines, there's testimonies you can view, there's the petition for you to sign. And there is an anonymous platform where you can submit your story.
1: Chanel, thank you for joining us on You Voice. Thank
0: you so much for having me. I had a great time.
1: What an inspiring young woman. Now, if any of today's topics have caused distress, please contact either 1-800-RESPECT or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You've been listening to Could you Voice.